I don't read nearly enough. I would love to be able to read and say I'm cultured, but I don't, and I'm not. Well, I read. I don't know if I'm cultured. I read. I re- yeah, sure. I read traffic signs. And <laughs> <laughs> do you have a lot of fun? Owners manuals. Is that, <laughs> <laughs> is that is that fulfilling for you? <laughs> Reading is just a thing I have to do to not die. Okay, everybody, welcome to the A Better Way to a Plaid. All right. Plod- All right. Well, <laughs> let's. Uh, do you. Um, how do you like. <laughs> this is going to be fun. How do you like. Um, what a. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> Oh my god! I need a Cincinnati scale myself. Um, All right, guys. Uh, welcome to the wait, wait, no, 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 no. We can't start like. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Professional. Welcome to Zombie Tom Cruise. Cruise. <laughs> but, all, right, all, right, all right, all right. Are you doing it or am I doing it? it? You shit froze. You no, you I didn't froze. freeze. I that was just I, that. I mean, my brain froze, but. All right, are you doing? Why no, am I so they said there was no loud? audio. Yeah, because I I got <laughs> quiet because I stopped talking. All right, turn my monitor down. All right, um, do you want to do it or do you want me to do it or do you want to just you you go ahead and do it. I'm fucking. All right. Welcome everyone to the second official episode of the A Better Way to a Podcast. We are your hosts, Jordan and Andrew, <laughs> and uh, we are happy to have you here today. Um, we are going to start by really expressing our gratitude that, uh, our last guest, Colin Mayfield, um, made it out of Transnistria alive, uh, which is, uh, I don't know. Oh, he did just release the post. So I guess we could say this now. Um, Colin was, uh, arrested and interrogated for his coverage of the war in Ukraine. Um, them citing that it was not pro-Russian. Uh, and I don't know if you guys were aware of that, but uh, it's pretty easy not to be pro-Russian. Um, but they don't like that over there. So he was arrested, interrogated, and uh, released and deported from Transnistria, which up until about a week and a half ago, I didn't even know existed. Yeah, for, for background, uh, Transnistria is a breakaway republic in Moldova. Uh I believe they they have Russian peacekeepers there. Um, it's a it's a weird situation. It's kind of like the uh, the the Donetsk People's Republic or the Crimea in Ukraine. Yeah, uh, I'm going to assume everything you said is correct. And yeah, we don't have a fact check. No, unfortunately show. not. If somebody wants to check those facts for us, that would be fantastic. Because I definitely yeah, see we'll just go ahead. We're not going to change. Yeah, we're not going to edit the episode. But you can fact check us. Absolutely. Anyway, we just wanted to uh we are very happy to still be talking to Colin and to hear that yeah, he's look- all good and everything's uh Gucci for him especially um with what just recently happened uh in Ukraine with their uh infantry unit 
having to surrender. So uh, obviously, you know, apples and oranges, but it is uh, it's been kind of a hot and cold week for uh, news coming out of Ukraine. Yes, yeah, good news and some bad exactly. news. Um, with that. Hey, some bad news here stateside, too. Yeah. Uh, the Brooklyn shooting on the subway. <sighs> yeah, I, I don't really know. What a, what a bummer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're not laughing at that, but that was, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's that's wild. You know, it's 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 not... I don't know why I'm surprised. It's not it, it's not so crazy because it happens everywhere. Um we I live in Connecticut, so obviously we're no uh no stranger to to shootings, but um it you you it's interesting that there's such a cognitive disconnect whenever shootings like this occur in areas where gun control is already so strict yet uh, right. There is no shortage of arguments saying that we need to make gun control gun gun control more strict after the fact. Um, it, it's 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 one of those things I think we have to deal with every single time it happens, and uh, address with a level head and try to have conversation with the people who disagree with us because it's it's incredibly frustrating. But well, it it can, it can be very frustrating because you know it's like the. Um... Uh, they they make the same arguments whether it's in uh you know Arizona or Texas or a place like New York, uh you know it's like if only if only laws were a little bit stricter, you know, just let just let us get these let's just let us get these restrictions through and and we'll see how it goes. Well, that's a huge problem because you have you know? people constantly saying you know it's we're never going to ban your guns we're never going to ban your guns, and what it comes yeah. down to every time is the laws aren't strict enough we have to move the uh the line in the sand a little bit farther and it eventually comes down to that because that's exactly what they did with the safe act in New York. That's exactly what they did yeah. with the post Sandy hook, uh, gun laws in Connecticut and what they just tried to do, but failed, uh, to do in Connecticut recently. Um, it, it is always about banning guns and people can say, I hate to sound all fuddy and, and, uh, you know, NRA here because, uh, we're not, Uh-oh. um, but it it is you know it there there really can be no compromise with with a right and and if you are in support of a right like the first amendment and think that rights like that exist to better humankind then the right to self protection and the protection of your family is just as if not even more important than every other right because that is the only right that defends those rights and yeah um, and you know <clears throat> saying something like that uh sorry saying something like that in in such close proximity to to such a uh a high profile tragic event um uh, you know you you're gonna get criticized for um you know making it about your politics or you know i you know i can't you know it's everybody wants to wants you to um to kind of like shut up and 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 kind of go with it Thoughts on the, uh, yeah thoughts thoughts and prayers yeah well no i mean it's like it's i, I know um, what you're saying it's it's they kind of look at you like you got two heads uh talking about uh talking about your rights when someone's been shot right of course uh, well absolutely um, because it's you're there somebody everyone reacts differently to events like this and 
unfortunately, you have people who are reactionary and people who are, uh, I would say, like on the on the gun owner side, um, who tend to act a little bit more logically because we've we're so used to defending this at this point. Not defending the shooting, but defending our rights and well, saying it's just a like same conversation. Yeah, it's just the same conversation over and over. Exactly, you know? and it's it's unfortunate, but it is uh, it's it's one of those things that it is a byproduct of the system we have, um, and the I, I've said this before, and and I'll say this again. It's it's one of those things that the penalties for getting rid of it greatly outweigh the penalties for keeping it as far as gun rights go. You're talking about like gun rights, you're talking about gun rights right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, I think that's... Well, no, you can go ahead, Andrew. Here's, here's my thing. Like, so so the, the anti-gun position is that these shootings and this violence stem from America's unique uh, right to bear arms, right? Not really unique, but you know it, it, the 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 extent to which we have We're access the only to ones firearms that written is, is pretty intense. It's, in, it's on paper, right? Yeah, and and that it's respected as like an individual right. Um, they believe that that this violence stems from from that right, uh, but I don't think that's true. And I think that uh, I think that even if if you know access to firearms was restricted. We still see violence from this same kind of like profile of uh, of of people these these angry young men, uh, and and I think that the I think the reasons for this don't have a lot to do with with what weapons they have available. Well, and that's yeah, I couldn't agree more with you because that that's the conversation that we have time and time again whenever we breach this subject. It, it's not what is being used to commit the crime; it's why the crime is being committed. And right. the influence that has led the person up to that point, and whether whether it is uh, a a crime out of uh, passion, a crime a ment- out of mental illness, out of necessity, crime has an origin. There, somebody just doesn't wake up one day and say, "I want to shoot thirteen people in a New York City subway." There's yeah. there's something that there's a system that failed that person, or there is a. Uh, an external factor that pushed that person to that point. And it, that needs to be addressed as much, if not in in my opinion, even more so than the fact that a gun was used, because if you truly wanted to stop gun, uh, if you, if you truly wanted to stop gun violence, if you wanted to mitigate gun violence, the way that anti-gun people say they want to mitigate gun violence, um, they would look at why crimes are being committed. It's it's just right. based on the facts alone. We've we've tried this time and time again. Banning things does not work. It, it failed with the war on drugs. It 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 fails with abstinence, uh, promoting abstinence and uh, with, with young people. It it doesn't work, and we've learned this time and time again. But these people still use the same tired argument when it comes to guns and. It's it's unfortunate that we can't have a logical conversation about that because we all want the same thing. It's it sucks. Well, you know, it comes from the pro gun side too. Uh, I think that you know, as, as much as as much as you talk about like uh, you know how how you know we have these conversations over and over again and, and we approach it from a more logical kind of le- legal kind of um, 
perspective. It is also very emotional for me. Um, you know, my, my personal investment in, in these liberties. Um, but I think that maybe our side sometimes doesn't do a good job of articulating where we think these these crimes uh, originate, or you know, even if even if people uh, think about it at all, which I, yeah, I think sometimes pro gun people don't think about it. I think sometimes pro gun people are so focused on uh, you know the tools and the techniques that they have at their disposal to protect themselves that they forget to think about um, societal prescriptions for for you know getting the work done as a community to, to try to fix some of these problems. Yeah. And that's huge uh, because you, you see time and time again, if you think of, if I were to say to you, gun owner, the image that pops into your head is probably not. And I, and I hate to say it, and this is partially why we need to work so hard to change. This is, you know, me personally, and everyone has a different view of, of, of what a gun owner is, but me personally, my, my thought of the, the media representation of gun owner is the, middle-aged to old white man with an NRA hat and a camo vest or a fishing vest who hoards ammo and goes shooting once a month, uh, big into prepping and is, you know, community involvement and, and benefit and improving his community that in a way that directly affects things like uh, a decrease in gun violence by supporting things that will do that. Uh, is right. not is not the kind of like multifaceted individual that I think of, and I think a lot of people have that issue, um, especially on the opposing side. But we, yeah. But, but the problem is, is that there are tons of people who fit that description who are pro gun, and that's the reason why this stereotype keeps, yeah, perpetuating. I mean, you know, I'm I'm an individualist, uh, but e- even even so, that that doesn't mean that like you yourself. Can, you know, it, it doesn't mean that, that you can solve all of your problems by yourself. You know, it, your rights as an individual are important, but you still do need the people around you, um, you know, to 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 support yourself, to to better your community. Well, we are a we're a tribal organism. We're not you know, we people right. aren't meant to be alone. People aren't meant to fend for themselves uh, in in uh, in like solitude you know right. we're, we're we're pack animals we're meant to we thrive in communities we thrive with support yeah and perfect that is and, it, and i think that essentially a lot of these people uh that uh you know i don't know anything about the i'm gonna i'm gonna come clean like i don't know anything about the uh the shooter from the the brooklyn shooting um i, I don't Typically anymore, I don't. Uh, I don't really go out of my way to find information about perpetrators of these shootings. Well, I'll tell you what: the, because... the right has latched onto the fact that the guy shared BLM <clears throat> stuff on his Facebook page, and uh, has has run away with that. I will tell you. Right. <laughs> the The particulars of it sometimes can be kind of a red herring. Um, yeah, exactly. But it's almost always dudes. It's almost always young dudes. Uh, they're almost always very lonely people. You know, yeah. Um, and I think you know I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say some words here that that might alienate some uh some some gun enthusiasts. Um, but I I think that that our patriarchal society uh is at the root of 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 a lot of these issues and the way that we socialize men and the way that we treat men, uh, especially young men. 
um, can be very isolating. Uh, and I, you know, <clears throat> I have some experience with this uh, as a as a man uh, who was raised. Um, <laughs> and uh, you know, it's it's the the way that I kind of like break it down. The way that I really simplify it is that the society kind of tells you really early on that women are helpless and men are disposable. Uh, yeah. And I, I really think that if you internalize that as a man and you uh, really buy into what patriarchy promises you as a, as a man, uh, I think that you can be really disappointed when you get out in the real world and find out that things are changing. Um, and that, you know, just that that same patriarchal attitude isn't isn't cutting it in some parts of the world anymore. Yeah. Uh and I think that there's some some friction there. I think there's some change going on and I think that a lot of young men who really bought into the patriarchy um I think that they have been I think they have been mistreated. Uh I think that they are angry. Uh um, When you say bought in, do you mean like uh because when I think of when I think of like results of that, I, I think of one of two things. I think of you know the, the typical alpha guy who has no sensitivity right. and 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 refuses to cry uh, until he's alone in bed, and then I think of the like incel type weirdo who hates women because uh, he doesn't know how to talk to them, kind of thing. And I'm talking about both of those guys. Okay, you know, um, because either way that you. You know, it's like if you if you go for if you if you really go for it, trying to live this like a, a you know quote unquote alpha male. Um, you know, I I think that a lot of I think a lot of people that set that as their goal end up as uh, incels and end up uh, you know and incels kind of like a derogatory word, right? But well, I mean, um, I th- <laughs> I think if you're describing the person that it applies to, then it's yeah. not. But <laughs> no, for sure. Um, but I think that you can end up as an incel and you can end up radicalized. Yeah. Well, anybody can end up radicalized. And I, and I, and I really do believe that a lot of these people are radicalized. I think that uh, I think that there's a community. Um, I think that there there are lonely people that were not able to find any in a community, uh, and they they find a sort of like unity in their loneliness, self imposed isolation and loneliness. Yeah. Right. Wow. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And they and they get they Dude, get really bitter. You're bringing me back to 2003 here, my emo phase. Your emo? Fa- oh no, yeah, no, that was a good time. Uh well, I mean, it it was my emo phase, so not that great, but. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and and I think that um, the way that these people talk to each other, uh, I think I think that they have this like superficial connection that they latch onto. And uh, what what was the guy? California. What was the guy? Yeah, that, that ran over. Oh, oh, I was talking. About, I was, it was he was like the the that that director's uh, son, whatever. I can't remember his name. Let know. it let it remain forgotten. But um, this was a guy that was like he was literally like active in incel online communities. Um, and I think that's a really good example of he ran someone of over the way that. Yeah, he like ran over a chick. He he like shot some. He like targeted women. Why? Well, he was like remember this. Yeah, well, I mean, he also on, a good example like a that the guy that went to his school and shot people 
and recorded that super creepy video beforehand of him sitting in his car saying uh, things along the lines of like, you will fear me. This is because you did not give me my right. love. Like the super weird stuff. Like this is yeah, yeah. But that, talking about radicalization. Like this guy. And this is why nobody's, you know, same thing with cults, same thing with religion, what have you. Nobody is immune to radicalization. If, right, if, for sure. if you have enough trauma in your life or and, enough, and you're dealing with enough pain and you're looking for a way to suppress that pain, it's very easy to become radicalized or to become, yeah. uh, you know, uh, to, to join a cult. Um, and, 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 and like you a said, a lot of these guys, but no, no, like, like you said, these, these guys, these, these people, uh, find a community in, cause everyone's looking for their tribe. Everyone's looking for people who have similarities to them and, Right. What better uh, for somebody who is looking for commonality with people than to find an echo chamber of people who are just as just miserable rage. as them? Yeah, and yeah, and misery and rage. Exactly, exactly. And you know, you 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 find people like that, and with the right viewpoints and the right the right. Uh, I hate to use the word support, but it is it is support. Um, it's like well, it's, taking it's, a leaf blower like a to self, a flame. It's like a reinforcement, right? It's not. It's not really emotional support, but they're but they're reinforcing they're not fixing these these negative thought yeah, patterns. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, yeah. it's like it's like think of our own echo, echo chambers. You know, think about like when you uh, when you have a political. Oh count. no, I don't have any of those. No, of course not. We're infallible. No, I'm perfect. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, everyone gets it, confirmation bias. We're all guilty of like enjoying confirmation bias it's it's I, I feel like it's the same thing when you post a picture to instagram and you get likes it's this dopamine hit where you're like oh cool somebody agreed with me that means everything in my life is validated all of a sudden um and i, I definitely have things that like things that might seem trivial compared to the things that i do argue about but that if if people give me guff about it i'll just like ban them i'll just block them <laughs> and like you know maybe that's an echo chamber. is it maybe like me setting myself up the wrong type chamber. of anime or is it like something no it's like Okay, so like a that's recent example. People, but. This is a tangent, but maybe related, but really a tangent. So I don't want to focus on it too much. But the most the most recent one was um, uh, Leah Thompson. Is that who it was? The the swimmer. trans woman swimmer. Yeah. I basically I was like, hey, um, number one quick way to get blocked right now is to say that that trans women shouldn't compete with other women in sports. Um, cause I'm just like done talking about it. There's no good faith arguments happening. Everybody's just, I mean, it's just the, the well has been poisoned. I have my viewpoint about it. I don't want to talk about it. You know, like Leah Thompson's a woman. She should compete with women. There's a lot of reasons. There's a lot of, there's like a, a lot of stuff I could run down, uh, but I'm not going to do it because I'm tired of talking about it. I think it's a settled issue. Well, you're welcome and to think that. Not, like that's nobody owes <laughs> you, you know, mental real estate, right? Or you don't owe anybody mental told, real estate, right? No, and and I I posted on on my Facebook. I was like, hey, anybody that comes to that comes to this post or any post in the future and argues with me about it, I'm just going to block them. And guess what happened immediately. <laughs> people lining right up they're the like oh, i've never yeah, found a more complicated like, way to get blocked I before i don't believe you i don't think that you're gonna block me and i did it um and maybe maybe that's setting myself up for an echo chamber but so you did the opposite of what obama did when he put the line in the sand i don't get that reference i'm sorry he went <laughs> back when him and putin were beefing he's like this is the line in the sand don't cross it and then putin was like i'm gonna cross it and obama was like this is the new line in the sand. 
it's all connected. Illuminati. Anyway. Anyway, sorry okay, about so that, back to the folks. Sorry, back to incels. Back um, to the important stuff. Yeah, so so they they definitely do have there definitely are like communities uh, that are really just like angry echo chambers, right? Now, there's no support happening, and there's no healing happening. Um, but but yeah, you you were asking about what I meant by like buying into the patriarchy, right? Um, so it's like these guys believe that if they behave in a masculine way, that they will get what society owes them as a man, right? And I think that I think that that's really the core of it is that they think they're owed something. Yeah. They think they're owed respect. They think they're owed a career. They think they're owed women. Mm-hmm. Um, they think that they're owed something. They think they deserve something. When the reality is, nobody deserves anything, good or bad. Yeah, uh, you're not and owed that's anything. Really hard. What you're not owed anything. Yeah. You're not owed anything. Nobody, no, no person out there owes you something just for the the genitals you were born with, um, or for any reason for that matter. Yeah, and I think that I think that there's a lot of friction for them, um, and I think that uh, you know I think some of these people are just not able to adjust. Um, and 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 this is none of this is none of this should be taken as as sympathy or like apologizing for what they've done. No, but I think you can look at something from like a, you you know, you have a cause and effect with any situation. And if you have a, like at some point, at some point that guy was just a little boy that was being told the wrong thing and being set up for brutal disappointment and trauma. And that's dude, you said the word right there. Trauma is like, that is 100%. If you never give anybody the benefit of the doubt about anything, but trauma do that. Because yeah, nine times out of ten, I I won't even put a number to it. If if you go into a, an argument with the next time you see somebody with just the most fucked up worldview or or the most fucked up take on something, you assume that the reason they believe that is because of trauma. I'm telling you, perfect example, not trauma based but similar. I feel bad for Biden. <laughs> I. <laughs> I, I feel bad for Biden because I, I know why. Like when I saw him pick up the gun, when I saw him pick up the, the 80% lower, um, and for the record, I didn't watch his, his uh, uh, press release or whatever you want to call it. Because I'm going to come clean. I haven't watched his press I don't, release. I don't, it, it, there's no point at this point. It's just we know what he's going to say. I, he said the fucking deer comment again. Um, <laughs> I, I just I don't understand. Uh, but anyway. That's very good for you in the story. Uh, I I love that shirt, man. But I mean, it's yeah. you know yeah, whatever. It's one of those things that it's, I've sold like eight. Anyway, um, oh no, <laughs> <laughs> um, no. But a uh, uh, shout out to uh, illustration Nathan who drew that design. Um, has nothing to do it's with your shirt. ability, just you entirely know because of my. Uh, I'm gonna go buy that shirt right now. I'll just okay. Wow, no, this this is a charity. I don't agree with this at all. Anyway, anyway, I digress. I mean, you'll have sold nine. Um, if you go into a, a situation with somebody who just has a fucked up worldview and attribute to their belief to some sort of trauma that occurred to them, so I look at I look at Biden, and there are people who joke and say that he has dementia and and that he's senile and and things like yeah, that. Yeah, I I don't I don't like no, that. No, 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 and that. I don't either. But but if you think about it, the dude is in his 
eighties, right? Yeah, like is is a little. Dude, I think, think he's of a little any, too old to be leading. I agree. I agree. Country. But think of any person you know in their anyone anyone in their eighties. Think of the most competent individual you know who is in their eighties. They're still just a couple years away from shit in their pants. And and that's something. Are we being wait? Are we being ageist right now? No, I'm I'm talking about. Listen, if you die, you shit your pants. And like that's just a fact. Of, no, because I, I, I agree with you, but but I just I do want to be sensitive. Of course, about of course. No, 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 no. I don't mean that. It's getting old sucks. What was that? Getting old sucks. Uh, trust me. I my grandma's one hundred and one years old, and she is fucking amazing. Holy shit! Yeah, she just had her hundred and first birthday on uh, April second. Um, I know she's never going to listen to this, but uh, happy birthday, grandma! Happy belated birthday. Anyway, happy I, birthday, I feel bad. Grandma. I genuinely feel bad for Biden because I don't think the guy. I don't think he has dementia. I don't think he is uh, intellectually impaired at all. I just I think the guy is just old and is stressed the fuck out. He's president of the of the country of of arguably the most powerful country in the world. He's in his eighties. That's a little bit of pressure. It's it's crazy, and and I don't like the guy. I I think he's like a puppet for whoever you know runs them runs the strings in the background. But I uh, I think he has some weird takes. Um, 1994 crime bill, but um, there's uh, but but he's still just an old guy, and like at some point you just have to, uh, you just have to like come at it from that perspective that like the guy is just trying to get through the day like everyone else, but at a much slower pace, and like, and I, but that's the thing, you know. I digress. Back to the, the, the tra- trauma. If you if you hear an argument and you can just chalk it off as this person obviously has some unaddressed trauma. Yeah, they, this person's hurt. They have, they have something that negatively influenced them in such a impactful way that they now believe this. Yeah. It's, it's no longer about this person's a horrible person. It's about this person needs help, and I might not be the person to give them that help, but – it, it it changes your view of the person and of the argument entirely. And I think people need to yeah. do that more often um, because people are super quick to just hate on everyone. I do think it needs to go back further than that, though, uh, because, you know, it, it's one thing to understand someone's trauma, but I think we really need to stop traumatizing people. Yeah, that's um, a hot take of uh, 1147 on yeah. a uh, Thursday. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm very sensitive to this uh, because I'm I'm a dad. Um, I'm very sensitive. To, I'm very sensitive to this because I'm a dad. Uh, I my I had my first son just a little a little uh, under two years ago. Super adorable. Or about a year and a half ago. Um, he's a great kid. He's very sweet. Um, I would like him to always be sweet. Um, I don't want to teach him things that are going to lead him, uh, to feel alienated, hateful. I don't want him to feel rage. Um, you know, I, I, I don't want to traumatize him. And, you know, my, my upbringing wasn't so bad. Um, I had some bad ideas. Um, I was, you know, I, before I was a feminist, I was anti-feminist. Uh, and I I was really important that you said that out loud because I I don't think people, I'm sorry to want to admit. I'm sorry to like cut that. you off, but like that's no, like no, no. going from so far to one side to from 
from so far right. to one side to the other is is important yeah. for people to acknowledge because it, it shows that it's possible and yeah. you know, not to judge somebody based on where they currently are in their yeah. life. Unless they're and not like I get extra points for going, you know, no, but it's just, that. it's possible, <laughs> yeah. you know, like perfect example. I used to, I used to be like, I used to dig the boog movement and, uh, you know, before I, when it was a meme, yeah. you know, and, and, and I, because at the time you just see a bunch of guys in Hawaiian shirts. Listen, I, yeah, it seems fun. I it's love like a, Hawaiian shirts and I will never let a couple of assholes ruin it for me. I don't care if I get weird comments at the range. If I'm wearing a Hawaiian shirt at the range, it just happens to be the fact that I, happens to be that I am wearing a Hawaiian shirt that day and went to the range. Um, but, you know, I used to be totally. And we can we can pick and choose, right? Like, 100%. I, I, I say Black Lives Matter, um, but I'm not a communist, uh, you know. So it's like you can you can you can support aspects of of the of like boob cult boob, boob culture boob boob culture. We support boob culture. Uh, the memes, the anti-authoritarianism, and stuff like that. But kind of slicing out, like you know, like you know, the, there's, there's there's some nuance. aspects of it as an institution. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that I, that I'm not into. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is is that. I, I honestly, you know, I, I think as a whole, and, and this is coming from somebody who now has seen, you know, what it's, I, I honestly don't think it was ever a serious movement. I think it was a meme. It, it was something that was like based off of a meme and it turned into something more than I think it was ever meant to be. And then it culminated with, you know, those like 18 FBI agents, uh, yeah, hundred percent, uh, you, you know, like scamming that one, um, Oh, God. anxious guy into uh yeah. saying that he was going to kidnap the governor of michigan but anyway we don't talk about <laughs> yeah. that um i i think that it so so anyways yeah well, yeah <laughs> no, i think um it's it's like it's so like, talking about what no, no like anything i mean like you said you know you went from an anti-feminist to a feminist and i went from somebody who vehemently liked the boo so to clarify i like the boog movement because they were marching with blm and they were yeah, they yeah. were at, at that point um they they seemed to be the only uh branch of my uh like image of gun culture that was supporting people of color and right. i was like i latched onto it like velcro i was like holy hell this is cool as hell like i want this this right. help this gains momentum we need this like we need you know like the the that we have a common enemy for once. Like this is, this is, and, yeah. and I say for once, not that we haven't always, but like it was relevant and it was, it was apparent at this time. And yeah, you know, yeah, when yeah. they had the, uh, that, that gun rally in Virginia, um, 26,000, 23,000 people showed up. Um, and there were a bunch oh, of boot yeah. dudes um, there that, that, uh, that, that were marching with right, BLM right and they, the, they had the all hard these times for Virginia. That was right before all the gun control. Yeah. Virginia. Rip. Um, but, there, you know, that that was like my that was when I came into it, and I was like, okay, yeah, I can get behind this. And then, like every organization, there are people in it that ruin it. I think for everyone, because I don't think it meant to be more than a meme organization. Like it was never something that was going to legitimately overthrow the government or anything like that. Sure, but, sure, sure. But like any group, you know, the same reason Norse and pagan symbols have been ruined for actual pagans and people who, uh, you know, believe believe in in Norse religion. Uh, because Nazis decided to be unoriginal, um, I think the Boog movement was ruined f because of a couple douchebags that decided to speak out with less than ideal views uh, against stuff. And 
you know, that, that is the, that is the way that it is. But, you know, I can say that I used to be a, I used to like the Boog movement and now I don't. And hopefully people don't judge me for that because time changes people and experience changes people. Just like you being an anti-feminist going to being a feminist. Uh, it didn't happen overnight. And that's why, you know, I'm, I'm big on. No, it, it, it didn't. It it was a slow transition. Um, and I, you know, I, (laughs) I'm embarrassing to say that, you know, it, it really wasn't, uh, uh, it really wasn't women's problems that convinced me to become a feminist, but understanding that the things that I was frustrated about, the things that bothered me about society, I started to realize over time, it wasn't feminists doing that. It was always that way. Um, it was, you know, like I like I said earlier, it, it it was the the patriarchal way patriarchal way that we've organized our society, um, or I guess you, you know you just want to say it the normal way. Uh, it's the patriarchy. Well, because that um, is the norm. I mean, that's 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 what right. we've been conditioned to like live in as the norm. So right, and 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 it's not you know I'm not gonna say it's not it's not my parents' fault. It's not my friends' fault. Um, you know, it's not my school's fault. It's just the way that young men are socialized, uh, especially here in Texas. Um, it was very easy for me to believe those lies. Uh, and and it did take some some time and some effort and, and being willing to listen to people to uh, become a feminist. So how do you like being somebody who lives in a red state? Obviously, I live in a blue state, so it's 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 different for me. But how do you as being somebody in a red state find people? or or like influences that change your mind about things like that because obviously like the internet well the yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. the internet we're all and and leave and leave your leave your leave your hometown leave your state yeah well that's a big thing because i it's it's tough it's got to be tough you know i i uh my wife and i just moved to a new neighborhood within the last year and so we're relearning everybody which means that we're you know, treading lightly and trying to figure out what we can and can't talk about with, uh, did you just eat your napkin, Andrew? <laughs> what? No. <laughs> Poor, if no, you guys haven't not. noticed, Andrew is congested. Um, I was congested last week. I spit out a loogie in a, in a, it, my tissue. Andrew has a beard and it looked like he just consumed a napkin. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I, I, thanks for, thanks I, for I couldn't that see that everyone. and not comment on it. Um, <laughs> I tried to do it. I thought I just found something out about you that I that I. I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking turn off my camera next time I blow. No, because then I'm too. definitely gonna think you're doing something weird. <laughs> doing something shady. I think you're gonna turn on your camera and be doing the sounds of the lambs dance. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so we just moved to a new neighborhood uh, less than a year ago. So we're we're trying to gauge people's political views and and which is like yeah it's weird it's like this weird litmus test that you do with people that you meet now because back when i was a kid i don't know if you feel the same way but back when i was a kid politics didn't matter like we didn't talk about politics and now it seems to be all people talk about because it's so polarized yeah and um it, it as a result like you so so we we start talking to people and um look for like little social cues that might give us an idea of what these people believe. We perfect example. We have uh, we have this neighbor who is a sweet man. He's just super cool. Walks every day. Very friendly. Uh, puts bags on our on our packages when it's raining out. Things like that. Um, had a beard. Was wearing a peace sign hat. 
you know, was was wearing like um uh just just you you see somebody and they look a certain way and it's super weird. It's like heuristics in your brain. I'm thinking this guy's probably liberal, probably believes certain things, and you make all these connections in your head unintentionally. And right. um, it came out that I had a I owned a gun. I don't even know how it came out, but. He said, "Oh, you own a gun," and I thought to myself, "Oh God, I really hope I didn't just ruin." Here it comes. Like, this is, you know, I've had so many conversations, and I'm sure people can relate to this. Where like the one, you know, you're talking to the mom in the group, or the or the dad in the group, and they're like, as soon as they find out that you you have a gun, it's well, oh, I know whose house I'm coming to when uh, when the apocalypse happens. And, and oh my God, you have to do the whole like, Haha, yeah, uh, don't come here, bud. <laughs> I don't think we're gonna get that far. Um, type thing and this i thought the conversation was going to go one way and he ended up telling me that he used to own a bunch of guns and used to be an instructor and i was like wow okay this this you know chalked that up to the uh, first time in my life that i've ever been wrong about someone but um it uh it, it goes to show you that that uh, it's it's really tough to read people. <laughs> if you can... just sorry, that just registered with me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, yeah, I mean it, it's it's been a it's been an interesting um like situation. Where I just met my my first uh uh the the neighborhood loony. Um, uh, this this lady was like going on and on about how uh. You, they've the government has been marching COVID positive people into elderly homes in order uh, to get rid of our elderly population, and yeah, it was it got real weird real quick. This was like within the first five minutes of me talking to this woman. Um, yeah. Seemed like a real sweet woman at first, um, and then you, you ever have those weird conversations? Well, with, just because someone's nice to you doesn't mean they're nice. I that is that yeah, that is a that should be on a fortune cookie, man. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, and and it it got real weird real quick. And thankfully, I had a uh, a vet appointment to go to. Uh. Because yeah, you had a heart I, out. I had an excuse <laughs> to leave. Yeah. Um. But it it was uh. If you can't tell, I totally forgot where we were going with this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is a cool story. This then. is this is this okay, is so, uh so... my my ability to swim, um, personified <laughs> in speech. <laughs> slowly drowning, <laughs> hoping Andrew comes to. You can't swim. Uh, I can. I can swim ish. Oh man! You know okay. I can swim enough to get. Very important to know how to swim. Thank you for reminding me what I've been reminded of my entire yeah. life, Andrew. You should learn. I, I, funny story. So, for those who don't <laughs> another know, another one. Another for one. For those who don't know, um, I, I work in emergency services, and uh, there was no swim qualification. Not the police. Um, there was no, just let me make that clarification. Thank God for that. Uh, there was no swim qualification to get my job. Uh, but after I got out of my academy, there was a swim qualification that, uh, unbeknownst to me was going to be sprung on me. So I had like three weeks to learn how to swim essentially. Um, so I went to an adult Y class and it was myself and like 18 Indian people, um, which was amazing because like... I didn't realize that like the lack of swimming ability. It's so funny when you think about like living on the north in the northeast by water. Uh, you don't realize based on how large the U.S. is, how many people don't have access to water to learn how to swim. And then you think of that from like 
a, a, a national perspective, people from other countries, like there's so much of India that does not have access to water. And anyway, I digress. I didn't realize this until my entire class was made up of people from India uh, learning how That's to swim wild. with me. And um, I had two weeks at the Y to learn how to swim, and I did not learn how to swim in those two weeks. So, <laughs> so it was um, – How'd your qualification go? Uh, they had to adapt it for me a little bit. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I've never gotten the hang of uh, – I've never been able to swim – laps of the pool and breathe uh you know swimming i could swim freestyle but as long as i'm holding my breath so you have to stop swimming to breathe yes which is why i can only swim like a lap so you <laughs> you see the problem <laughs> so can you tread water i can float uh no can you tread water what's the difference <laughs> so this is this is what i'm saying okay so i can survive in water but it doesn't mean that I'm a good swimmer. I, I'm not a good swimmer at all. If I were to fall off a boat, I could actually I have fallen <laughs> off a boat. I fell off. A, well, I jumped off a boat with a pool noodle. But if you know you can't swim, what are you doing in a boat? I had a pool. I loved being on the water. I love sailing. I love being on the water. Anyway, I, <laughs> yeah, I don't what know. I'm, I'm like a like a mouse who likes mouse traps, I guess. But um, yeah, I, I was on a. a my friend of mine had a forty foot sailboat back when I was a kid, and I I jumped off the the the, the stern of the boat with a pool noodle, and uh, they had to turn the boat around to come get me because I couldn't swim back to the boat. Um, oh, that's embarrassing. Yeah, but that's anyway. I digress. I once, um, you know, I I once fell out of uh my canoe, and uh, you know, my my swimming was fine, but. I was uh I was too I was you know I was a little bit of a chunky lad, uh, <laughs> cardio degree, and I well my upper body strength was not that great and I couldn't pull myself back. Oh into the canoe. no, Andrew! I didn't, and I had to be helped back into the canoe. Oh, I was expecting so, you to now, say that now you're we've both kicking yourself all the way back to shore with the canoe. Yeah. No, no, they they helped. Oh, well, that's they nice helped of me that's good. Yeah. I, I have a similar story about upper body strength. Stuck with me still. I was on a kayak with my sister, um, and we got blown away from the kayak tour that we were supposed to be following. Um, oh, my God. And because I was a young boy with his two-year younger sister uh, in a two-person kayak, we could not overcome the wind, and we had to be towed back by a person in a kayak uh, to the to the group. One of those memories that you never forget. Wow. But anyway, we have gone way off topic. I don't even know what. Yeah. What? So we're talking about. What Hope you guys enjoyed about? these last, uh, this last like 20 <laughs> minutes of just like wandering <laughs> verbally with things that don't make sense. If um, what do you. We're talking about how, how young men get radicalized um, and the the expectations that they're given um, that wind up not not coming true and the way that they internalize um, sort of like a, abusive structures uh, in society. Um, which which is to say, you know, that a, a, again, circling back to what I said before, um, you know, I, I got this feeling that men were essentially disposable, uh, that society views men as essentially disposable, um, that if you are not manly enough and if you do not do manly things um 
that there's no there's no use for you. So and that if you do manly things and you are manly enough, then you are expected essentially to you know sacrifice, um, you know for. You know, you, you have to you have to expect that, that you can just be like thrown away. Yeah. You know, so did um, this contribute to you at the time considering yourself an anti-feminist? Yeah, because I thought that, uh, you know, <clears throat> you know, I, I had a, a sense that this was the case, but, um, you know, I, I guess somehow I, I I thought that it was it was feminist's fault. It was, uh, uh, you know, women trying to like tip the balance, isn't that uh, really or whatever? Like that's that's very. It's interesting that you like growing up the way that you did, with that mindset. Uh, immediately look for, and this is no fault of your own. This is just I'm saying. Uh, immediately look for someone else to put the blame on. As yeah, a as yeah, a yeah. man, as a man who, you know, as For an sure. anti-feminist, uh, I would imagine that as an anti-feminist, you consider yourself uh, m- like more alpha than because I, I mean, you know, I'm not saying you are, but I would imagine that like incels, incels don't call themselves incels. I don't think. Right. I have no idea. I, I wouldn't know. either. Um... But I would imagine <laughs> that like you would think fairly highly of yourself as being an anti-feminist because you're you've, you've got a lot figured out. Uh, and, I'm, and I'm talking like. And I did, you know, I, I really did. I don't know that I, I don't know that I called myself an alpha or thought of myself an yeah, alpha as an but alpha. Like that's, but I thought that I was hot shit and I thought that I knew everything. And it's interesting um, that like by, and this is like, again, and I have to stress this, this isn't a dig at you. This is just, it, it's an interesting uh, like thought that as somebody who considered, who considered themselves, and this goes for like everyone in this kind of this boat, if you will. Um, it's interesting that you know, as, as somebody who considers themselves a uh, an alpha or 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 something of the sort, that they would immediately go to blame uh, feminists for their problems. And I'm not. Yeah, I'm probably no, oversimplifying right. <laughs> exactly. it. Instead, of, instead of like owning problems, exactly, like, you exactly. Know like as a strong individual, I'm going to fix these problems yeah. myself. To be like, no, the women did it to me. <laughs> you know? And there you go from an alpha to an incel. Just uh, yeah. But but of course you know the the truth as we know is that you know feminists are fighting for equality um, and that feminists want to dismantle the same structures that that I that I was upset with that you know men were expected to throw their lives away in war that men were replaceable as parents um, that you know uh, men had to think not about themselves but about their families. Which, you know, it's it's like it's it's just these these very traditional kind of patriarchal values. But somehow I was convinced that it was like, you know, uh, the, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I blame I blamed everybody else. Yeah. You know, and that doesn't necessarily but, like I. Uh, sorry, I'm three spiked cold brews deep. Um, hell yes, brother. <laughs> hell yes, brother. That uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that. You know, people who are dealing with that stuff have, you know, in, invalid feelings on the subject because I'm sure somebody, no, I'm sure a man going I, through I, a divorce I, w- with somebody who ha- with with their wife or or husband who has like an absolute shark for a lawyer feels like they're disposable. Yeah, and yeah, and but, but I saw that exactly with my dad. Thing. You know, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of dudes out there that are that are 
railing against these these issues, these 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 structures, right? Um, they just don't understand that you know it's not their wife that did that to them. Yeah, it's well, you that's know? that's it's the not, important distinction is that like it is it is a system, it's an institution, it, right. it's 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 a set of values and a set of beliefs. It's not something that right. you are are like it, it's something you're forced into essentially. I mean, right. and it, it's right. something that takes generations to reverse and and you know we right. see that now with with a lot of stuff um and and we and, and you can you can you can identify it and get yourself out of it for sure but um i i think that i think that uh just as easily you, you can you can live your whole life blind to it until you're just so fucking full of rage that you just absolutely want to look at flat earth want to kill somebody. look at flat earth flat earthers for oh for, yeah for a perfect example you know you've got um, flat earthers are. I will. I will say. I. I respect flat earthers just like incels. <laughs> the exact same. <laughs> How long so, before flat earthers are bombing observatories? So I will say. I will say. I respect flat earthers because they don't believe the scientists, but they believe in scientific the scientific method. So what you see with a lot of flat earthers, and you know, I'm not. I. I, I hate to label an entire group because I don't know everyone in that group, obviously, but. No, you can't. It's fine. Okay, fair, Nobody fair, respects fair. them. There, you see, you see. Have you seen the documentary about the flat earthers who who conduct their own experiments to prove that the I earth have, is flat, and they end up disproving it? In fact, I mean, I I don't know. I've seen a document. I've seen a documentary by a YouTuber. I don't think I've seen. <laughs> so what what I mean when I say I respect so them Johnny is Harris, that maybe? they're the, because they believe in the scientific method, and the scientific method is like the bread and butter of of. A, a belief, any belief structure, really, if you think about it, because like if sure. you, you have a belief, you can either prove it uh, or disprove it, and if you can't do that, then you have to change your belief, not the other way around. You can't change facts. Um, yeah. These yeah. flat earthers have because they disagree with the science, uh, the scientists, but they agree that the scientific method is valid. They've been using the scientific method to test these experiments that have proven that the world is round uh themselves and what what they found in that documentary um they took a laser they spent like twenty two thousand dollars on this laser uh and over the course of i think it was like seven miles or something like that they essentially cut holes in a fence and if they could shoot a laser through all of the holes in these fences um and and print the laser on the other side it was going to uh, prove that the earth was flat but if there was a curve to the earth um they weren't going to see the laser because they weren't going to account for that and at the end of the movie it, it shows them they they shoot the laser across and they don't get a laser through the hole at the end and they're just kind of like huh but they weird but they did the experiment and they're they're you know now they have to grapple with the information associated with that uh and i and i respect that because they're at least willing to to uh, figure that out on their own, um, but unlike incels, unlike who incels, instead yes. yell at each other and then murder people, well, scream into the void. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So. <laughs> but it, but it, sorry. So so circling back even farther, yeah. um, I think that this discussion is so much more important to have than the particularities of, of gun laws and gun control. You know, if if fucking Joe Biden it took us an hour there, to get to that. 
No, I know. No, but I'm happy. <laughs> Listen, it was, it was a ride, and I, I appreciated if, every moment of it. I think if fucking, uh, I think if 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 some of these old men, uh, if Joe Biden could get up there, and instead of talking about ghost guns and shit, uh, if he could say, you know, be nice to your sons, allow them to have fulfilling male relationships, um, you know, don't. Don't act like men touching each other is gay all the time. Um, you know, like just like and even if it list, is, that's like, cool. Yeah, and even if it is, that's fine. Do you say do you um, say I love you to your guy friends or your guy family yeah, members? Yeah, man. I love you, Jordan. I love you, Andrew. That's something that is oh. something that is so abnormal to the majority of oh, the male yeah. population, especially in Western oh. cultures. That so I have a co- my cousin, my my first cousin, he's he's like my brother. Him and I say I love you every time we get off the phone, like like my mom. There you I go. I say bud. I love you to my mom when we get off the phone. I say I love you to my cousin. I have multiple yeah. male friends. I'll say I love you, bud. Love you too. You know, and it's not a second thought. But that is something that is such a foreign concept to the majority of Western and it, culture. And it's like the first step, right? Yeah. Like, and ideally, you want to be able to like. um Tell your male friends about your, like, emotional struggles and have them, like, empathize with you, right? Yeah, of course. And, but, like, you can't even say – you can't even say you love your, your, your guy yeah. friends. And, well, uh, and that's the so thing. It's not, like – Yeah, so we're not there. Yeah. Have you ever – I don't know. I don't know if this – so have you ever been at work and your wife has told you that you have a different voice talking to her when you're around your work friends than when you're around just her? Uh, it's totally okay. I, regardless I, I, of how... I work with my dad and my brother oh, in law, man. I don't, okay. I don't have. So it took me like two years. So this is, this is, uh, you, so you work, you're, you're a firefighter. You work with firefighters. Yeah, so, That's a very okay, cats out of the bag. Um, that, oh shit. Was I not no, supposed no, to say no, that? It's okay. It's okay. Um, okay, wait, wait, wait. Can we rewind so that everybody, people, so, so you, you work in a masculine environment. <laughs> I, I know that you work with a lot of dudes. Yeah. You work with a lot of big, burly, sweaty yeah, dudes yeah. that probably walk around with their shirts off. Um, no, thank, thankfully, uh, for for the majority of them. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry to ruin your image of what a, a, the majority of firefighters look like, but it's not the calendars. Um, anyway, there. Hey, you added yourself that time, but yeah. oh, trust me, I'm a I'm a winter month guy. <laughs> the more layers, the better. Um, but. It took me like two years. So the first year, you're you're a firefighter, you're a probie. You're really just kind of like the department bitch. You're you're as little of a personality as you have, the the better you're going to do. Um, and the second year, you're just kind of getting used to everything as being off probation. It took me a solid two years to talk to my wife on the phone at work, how I normally talk to her, and she would point it out, and it would bother me. And it, I I was because it wasn't something you meant to do. No, no, no. It was you were being socialized into this this. Uh, um, I would talk to her differently because of how it would be perceived by the other men around me. And right, yes, okay. and, and that was in, in a masculine but environment. Jordan loves his wife. Exactly, and and it, it took me like two years. And when you think about it, like two years is a long time, especially, uh, like in a work environment, you know, um. And, and, and you have to remember, like, you know, we go to sleep at work, we we wake up at work, you know, things that you normally do with your spouse or your girlfriend or significant other boyfriend and um, your dogs. Your dogs. Oh, I love going to bed with my dogs. They're amazing. But um, they you, you do this stuff away from 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 your partner um, and 
you know, it's 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 tough to uh, not say goodnight to them um, the way you would normally say goodnight to them if you were sleeping in the same bed as them. And, and so, like, after yeah. a while, you're just like, ah, fuck it. And now, I mean, it, it's it's to the point where, you know, I, I've got, we don't talk in baby talk, but we have goofy-ass conversations. And it yeah. is, uh, it is, it's, it's, there's no holds barred now. I mean, you know, if somebody walks walks by me while I'm talking to my wife, you know, uh, hopefully you, you've got a, a, a strong stomach because, because you're in for a ride. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's not. What, I, that got weird. I think I have the wrong yeah, idea yeah, of what no, kind of conversation no. uh, That wife. was uh, totally not what it sounded like. Uh, <laughs> 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 I don't even know. So the wow, perfect thought, example. Like, <laughs> that is a perfect example right there. I feel like I have to make a joke about how I talk to my wife on the phone. Perfect example. You don't have to joke. I know we don't have, you to, don't joke. have to joke. It's just us. Not around it's just us. It's definitely not a couple thousand people listening to us right now. Um. So I mean it's it is it is a very patriarchal masculine society that we live in. I I I 100% believe that even right now in 2022 um yeah. It, but I do think that there are things that are there there are ways we're making improvements. And uh, yeah. the fact that men go to therapy now. I I'm sure there are yeah. there are people all across the 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 world right now rejoicing the fact that they they finally gotten their man to go to therapy. Um well and and think about think about how much better a life that is for a man. For everyone involved. And then think think of the people you think about, affect by not getting help. Yeah. Yeah, and how wonderful that is. And think about how it must feel to be somebody who has so fully bought into the idea that that is off limits for a man to be sitting in Feelings his misery and and watching men live better lives than them doing the things that they were told were off limits to them. Yeah. You know, and how fucking infuriating that must yeah. be. Dude, I mean, I, you know, I saw a shrink for two and a half years and honestly, I, I, I'd go back. I probably should. I mean, you know, it's like a maintenance for a mate from a maintenance perspective, yeah, but yeah, yeah. uh, you know, it, just to check in, you, know? you, you don't realize the coping mechanisms that you have are, first of all, you don't realize the things you're doing are coping mechanisms and you don't realize that what you're doing is a negative coping mechanism because yeah, yeah, something yeah. that makes you feel good in the moment is not something that actually helps with the issue that you have uh, that you, that you're dealing with, you know, yeah. drinking, for example, I like, I love, I love whiskey. I love, I love beer, you know. I've I've got this spike. What do you what do you judge Kavanaugh? <laughs> I love beer. <laughs> yeah, that's another uh, video that I'm happy. That's that a I never sick watched. reference, by the way. Yeah, that's a that's 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 low hanging fruit, man. Who <laughs> doesn't love beer? Um, Stone Cold loves beer. Anyway, um, <laughs> what? Sorry, guys. Uh, <laughs> There, you know, you don't realize that, like, I I have, like, a, I jokingly have a playlist on my phone called Jameson, and it's, like, sad music <laughs> that I would just play. And this was years ago, you know, just because, like, I'd, I'd vent by drinking. Yeah. And yeah. in my head, that was totally okay. And I would... I, I, 
Yeah. No, and I, I love sad music. So but, do I. But f- for so long in my life, it was like, man, I feel sad. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to listen to sad music to make myself feel sadder. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Welcome back, 2003. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, not that there's anything wrong with sad music, but like, you know, it took a, it took a therapist telling me like, hey, when you're when you're processing grief, you don't necessarily need to listen to songs about grief. You know, sometimes that's just self-flagellation. Yeah. That's that's a that's a five dollar word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um Yeah, no, and and I think that's uh it it's 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 definitely important to recognize. Um Yeah, yeah. There get help. Yeah. Man, get help and don't pass on your trauma to your kids. That's what it all comes down to. And and it's so we're talking about what causes mass shooters. Just like Please let your sons be gentle and be gentle to your sons. Yeah. That's, that's honestly, I mean, if you could take away one thing that is, that is, that is a hell of a piece of advice. Um, yeah. You know, as somebody who's, uh, we're, we're, we're expecting our first kid in, in June. Um, for, I love that for you. Oh, thank you, buddy. Um, for our, my first, I don't know. I, we've been together like almost 11 years for my first like seven, eight years with my wife. Um, I didn't want kids. And yeah, I, I was just having this conversation with somebody the other day only after realizing that the reason I didn't want kids was because of my fears that I would pass my trauma to my kids. Yeah. Um, That's a big one. Did I realize that I, it's not that I didn't want kids. It's that I didn't want to do that to kids. Yeah, and once I realized that it was a choice to to not do that to my kid, uh, I I I things changed, and uh, yeah. I always tell her she wore me down. I used to be a, a leather <laughs> leather clad how sweet. chopper riding <laughs> dude who passed out naked in the woods camping with his friends. And now I'm uh, I wear Sperry's with socks in the house, <laughs> but uh. Yeah, I mean that's that is a I mean think about it. What bigger decision in life do you have than wanting kids or not wanting kids? And yeah. I you know, not that I'm the litmus test of of what people should do, but I pulled a 180, complete 180, you know, as much of a 180 as somebody could pull for somebody who didn't want kids going into it. And um I now, you know, we're expecting a baby girl June 16th and yeah. That shit's fucking crazy cool and it's it's so i mean it's so much so much fucking pressure yeah um you know obviously like moms uh carry a lot of the oh dude i can't even imagine um, she's she's an absolute unit for the stuff that she's dealing with no they 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 deal with a lot and and even even um even as households become more equitable, uh, women still carry a lot more of the uh, emotional labor than men do. Um, and I'm not trying to minimize that, but I, but I will say that you know, f- from my experience as a first time dad, it is a shit ton of pressure, especially uh, you know when we had uh, our son at the height of the pandemic. 
Yeah, what, um, a weird, what a wild time to not weird. What a wild time to have a kid, man. Yeah, and then on on top of all of that craziness, uh, to be learning about you know being like trauma informed and learning about generational trauma, um, you know, and just like all this stuff that you know that that I that I was aware of on some level, but that I I had not researched in in depth did you look um, specifically for that stuff or did you did that stuff kind you of know find what? you i'm gonna tell you what uh my wife found a lot of it yeah. my wife found most of these was she looking for, uh, for you, speaking or? of speaking of wives and mothers carrying the emotional labor of the family almost all of the resources that i found most helpful uh, my wife found she found them for herself and she found them for me um well, that's great you know that yeah. you were able to use the things that were useful to her yeah. yeah, big time. Um, it's it's just so important. Yeah, uh, and but but I will say, I mean, it's just it's just so much pressure. Um, and you know, letting go of of expectations that you know, it's like, you know, you want to keep your family safe, you want to keep your kids safe, but then you know, there's uh, there's a pandemic. And then there's the fucking war in Europe and there's uh, social unrest. And it's like stuff that you just can't do anything about yourself. Yeah. Um, all you can do is, is you be proactive and try to insulate yourself. Um, you know, and it's like, I want to, I wanted to go March. I wanted to, um, you know, get out there and demonstrate, but you know, I also didn't want to catch COVID. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I didn't want to get fucking tear gassed or arrested. Um, and trying to like balance these, these, uh, you know, what, you know, what, what you, what you need to do for your kid and what you want to do for society can be very difficult sometimes. And I, I, I kind of came to the conclusion that, you know, um, the best thing I can do, the the most activist thing I can do is just try to try to raise a son, um, who, you know, if he wants to be tough, he wants to be tough. He wants to be sensitive. He can be sensitive. Um, you know, just uh, a son who can like express himself and be in touch with his emotions. Um, and you know, who's like a strong individual, but not afraid of uh of of connection and community. Um, I, I, I decided that that was, uh, you know, one of the most important things for the world that I could do. I think that's great, man, to be honest. I mean, that's, that's like, you know, it's, it's all about perspective really. And, and what is important to you, uh, when it comes to raising a family and also feeling like you're also contributing to your community in whatever way you feel most meaningful. And, and that's really, mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's something that nobody can tell you how to do. And that's somebody, that's something that you can't tell somebody else is the best thing to do because it's individual for everybody. And yeah, um, I think the fact that you even feel comfortable enough with that answer uh, for yourself, um, is huge. You know, that, that, the fact that, that I think people 
are looking for comfort. People are looking for acknowledgement that they're doing the right thing. And whether or not you believe that you are, I think figuring out and saying to yourself, because it's almost like words of affirmation, you know, saying right. to yourself, like, this is what this is what I believe is the most important thing, um, really hammers home that it is. Because if you believe it is the most important thing, then it is the most important thing for you, for yeah. you and your yeah. family and your son and your wife and, and for you as an individual, it's, 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 it's like all encompassing. And yeah. Um, I, I think you hit the nail on the head as far as, you know, you saying that the, the most activist thing that you can do is raise a son, raise, raise a, uh, a, a functional successful son like yeah. that. And, and success is, is objective obviously, but like a, a, a son that you're you're that is happy and healthy really yeah um because what is he going to do when he grows up he's going to take all of his positive life experiences he's going to take yeah uh his his supportive upbringing his nurturing uh childhood and uh pay it forward he's going to amplify yeah. that you know it, it tenfold to everyone he comes because if he doesn't have that, the reverse is true. Absolutely, right? absolutely, you know? and that's that's how you deal. That's how you end up with people who commit mass shootings and and yeah. and all this crazy shit that you you have. I I really deeply believe that. Yeah. I I honestly, know. dude, and that was one of the things that you know I didn't want to have kids because I like I said I was scared that I was going to pass my own traumas on to my kids. And somebody yeah. told me once I don't remember who it was, and I apologize for not giving them credit, but um, they were like were you loved? And I was like, yeah, hell yeah. And they're like, well, and you turned out okay. And I was like, it hit me like in a series of waves. <laughs> yeah. Like I was like, okay, I have a job. I have uh, like a supportive spouse. I have, you know, all these things that like are, you, you think are like the building blocks of your own subjective success. And, I was like, yeah, okay, okay. All the things that I was like aggrandizing in my head, if that's a word, um, as being the yeah. worst things in the world that I could pass on to my kid, you know, I was loved and I turned out okay. And then I was like, fuck yeah. it, we're going to have a baby. <laughs> Essentially, I mean, that, uh, that's, that's, that's really great, man. That, you know, I hope for that kind of, uh, clarity. Yeah, uh, and it's 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 hard one sometimes. Yeah, I'm <laughs> clarity. Sure. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. Um, well, do you? So, I mean, we kind of touched on this. This was I I, I was thinking about how to kind of transition into this. We were talking about how how these shooters are created, and and I think we inadvertently talked about how to prevent it in a way. Yeah, um, yeah. There, are, I mean, there are tons of ways that we can go about preventing these, these tragedies that happen. Um, but I think we're kind of in agreement that a lot of it is, uh, interventions at the right time in life. Yeah. Um, there are very few of it. Very few of these solutions are going to come from politicians passing laws. Yeah. Um, there, one of the things that I, that I noticed with the Brooklyn subway shooter, um, situation was that there were there were images that surfaced of people applying improvised tourniquets uh 
to people who were who were wounded in the subway. And yeah, I I know you've had you've taken a class or so, uh, like as somebody who with- I've taken I've taken one class. I've taken an an improvised trauma med uh, improvised trauma medicine class, um, which is pretty explicitly uh, uh, targeted at people with no experience. Um, uh, I took it at my my shooting range uh, up the road, uh, Mission Ridge, and uh, it covered among other things um, the uh, S March method, which it used to be just March, and then they added an S to it, which is uh, security, massive hemorrhage, airway, respiration, circulation, hypothermia, um, and then you know. You, I'm not going to get into the details of it here. You should take a class on it. Um, I should take another class on it because it's perishable knowledge. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but the gist of it was, you know, um, how to secure your surroundings, um, whether or not you should even bother, you know, it's like if somebody, if you're being shot at and maybe don't bother going out and like giving somebody first aid or whatever. Um, but like, uh, you know, the order of things, uh, when you do treat someone, the order of things, uh, that need to be treated. Right. Yeah. Uh, and first on the list is massive hemorrhage, blood loss. And so we talked a lot about turn. I, I want to say like most of the class was about tourniquets, how to use tourniquets, which tourniquets are good. Uh, and we covered a little bit of, uh, improvised tourniquets too. Did you feel that? Uh, when you took your class that you were comfortable knowing how, like how to apply a tourniquet and what the purpose of a tourniquet was uh, so much so yeah. that you could apply an improvised tourniquet and get the same or similar result? Uh, well, okay. So yes and no, right? So so we covered improvised tourniquets. Uh, it came with a big caveat where it's like, um, you know, there are certain combinations of materials that are just not going to work very well. Yeah. Um, like rope. And, and part of belts. Bef- before, yeah. Before we went over improvised tourniquets, uh, we talked about the physics of tourniquets and why the physiology of tourniquets and, and why tourniquets work the way they work. Why you want the, the wide strap, um, why the windlass is, is super important. And I'm not going to try to give. Uh, anybody in education on a on a podcast like this, there's there's better resources than than this uh, to learn about it. But it's important to know because you know uh, it's very easy to create an improvised tourniquet uh, that will do a lot of damage or not do enough to actually occlude the artery. Well, and that's uh, almost that, that you're trying to stop. Worse if you think about it, because if you think you're helping yeah. somebody but you're not the amount of effort that you're yeah. going to put into improve the situation is going to be vastly different than if you know you're not helping the person and yeah. and you're trying to fix that. Um, yeah. And would you say, I, and I really think, I really think is, and I want to back up for a second. Like I think like, knowing this stuff and being able to talk about this stuff is way more, is like an order of magnitude more important than, you know, being familiar with firearms themselves. Um, and yeah. I, I learned it in the wrong order. I got into guns first and then started learning about, um, you know, trauma and all that. I think most people do, uh, though. Physical trauma, way. not emotional trauma. <laughs> we all learn <laughs> yeah, about emotional think, trauma first. Yeah. You, you think that most, most shooters are that way? I, I think that's probably true. I, I do. I do. Because I think, uh, you know, you – I think media glorifies the shooter, not the helper. Um, 
and I and yeah. I mean the helper, not not that a shooter can't be one. Yep. But that when was the last time you saw an action movie where the hero shot somebody and then immediately applied a tourniquet? Well, besides that one, uh, what what is the one with the guy who claimed like a religious exemption from killing? Um, uh, heart, heart, heartbreak heart, ridge, hacksaw, no, ridge? hacksaw ridge, heartbreak ridge, heartbreak ridge is a is a yes. is a, a is Vietnam, an older movie, Vietnam movie. Um, no, it's uh, Grenada. Are you sure? Yeah, it's it's Grenada. Oh, okay. it's Vietnam. All right. Yes. Uh, oh, I'm thinking Hamburger Hill. With, uh, Hamburger Hills, Vietnam. Hamburger Hills. <laughs> yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> Hamburger Hills, Vietnam. I'm hungry. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad that we're on the the that we we have the same like cultural. Yes, 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 here. yes. Um. But that's that's the thing though. Like you you see the shooter glorified way more than you see the person yeah. who is just yeah. applying tourniquets and uh writing time and date on people's foreheads or on the tourniquet themselves it's not well, it's but like correct me if i'm wrong i think nobody died in the brooklyn shooting right uh, like 13 people were as shot as far as i know right now i don't think anyone's died right and, and why is that? You think that maybe you think maybe if there weren't people because you, you, we see we saw these images of, of people applying tourniquets, you think that maybe some of those people might have died if they didn't get help. So I will say that I think a bad, I would say I would say a partially effective improvised tourniquet is better than no tourniquet at all, because okay. seconds count. I mean, you you right. bleed so out. So even if even if the your rescuer fucks up and and kills your leg, that's probably better than just bleeding. Yes, out or I mean, change. I mean, because if you're if you're bleeding from an artery, you're you're dead in in five to seven minutes. So if you think about the average response time of of first responders, I mean, it's it's all it's it varies widely across the country, but um, essentially you have the the golden hour. If you can get between the time of injury to hospital care an hour with the majority of injuries, um, you have the greatest chance to save a life. And so when you think about it, like an hour is a short period of time. So if you could extend somebody's chances by a couple of minutes, that that makes all the difference. So this is in no way endorsing people just saying fuck it and being – like oh, okay, I'm good <laughs> yeah. enough. Like I'll yeah, sure, I'll figure out how to make a tourniquet when the time comes. You won't, you won't at all. Uh, you'll you'll probably piss yourself and 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 freeze because that's ninety nine percent of what people do in traumatic experiences. And that's why you know there's there's like there's a there's an orbit of of people on uh, on Instagram that I really respect. I like that you and using uh, that some term. of them. I like the word orbit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a whole it's a it's like a, a system of, of yeah, interconnected yeah. people that uh, that I keep I keep finding more people that that talk to each other and and I don't mean to sound negative you know, when I, I say know, you're gonna cool. piss yourself and freeze when that situation comes, but the truth of the matter is that you you rise to your highest your lowest level of training. Uh, I'm sorry, yeah. you fall to your your highest level of training. You don't rise to the occasion, and yeah. and, and that means like you know you could spend you can be absolutely proficient in a medical field and when the shit hits the fan if you're not used to doing that you're going to function at the lowest possible level of the stuff that you remember that is that is yeah, instinct absolutely. only so the you know I, that's a, that's an idea that i've i've heard a lot as i've gotten trained yeah. that's uh, why you know, like doing in, things in various... repetition is important because yeah. you know if you applying a tourniquet and, and staging a tourniquet for, tourniquet for quick deployment 
uh, are two very important things. And if you can get proficient at applying a tourniquet, you, you, I would, I would say that that is arguably the most important thing, <clears throat> the most important thing that you can do to an extremity, yeah. uh, wound. Yeah. And, and, and this group of people that I was talking about, they're having a conversation on Instagram about the, the differences between, uh, manufactured tourniquets and, uh, improvised tourniquets. And the consensus is exactly what, what, what you, what you have said that it's like, you know, it's better than nothing, uh, an improvised tourniquet, but your priority should really be first getting a proven system, uh, you know, getting a, like a cat from North American rescue or a soft tea tea yeah. or whatever, uh, get one of those, you know, pony up for it's, 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 it's not it even pony like a lot up of money. When you think about it. It's, it's What's, $30 it's, for a piece of equipment yeah. that will save your life. You pay more than for, that for, for an extra people, mag. $30 is a lot of no, money. No, no, I'm not saying um, that, but you pay more than that for an extra mag. Right. You know, and that, yeah, yeah, and that's true, like one of those true. things that you, you know, of course, yeah, 30 bucks, 30 bucks isn't, isn't chump change to a lot of people. <laughs> but if it's, if it's something, and it, it, it's all about weighing your priorities. Yeah. If, if $30 is a lot of money, it's, it's a lot of money, regardless of what you're spending the money on. But yeah, you should, I would argue that you should spend that $30 on a tourniquet before you spend that on a second mag. Yeah. I think it's going to come in, I think it's way more likely to come in handy. In a lot of different situations, not just, you know, you have to shoot somebody. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, yeah, so they were saying, um, you know, get – spend the money, get a, a, a good tourniquet, and and watch out for fakes because Amazon sells uh, fakes and replicas. Yeah, what a weird uh, – And it's not even – because some of these are meant for, like, airsoft or whatever as, like, costume things. But some of them are not sold very; they're not labeled very clearly. They're not, and I, and I think that there may be some, yeah, there may be some deceptive marketing there. So, you know, go to a go to the source, go to the manufacturer, and and buy these 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 tourniquets that you know are are real. Um, yeah, and there's tons of resources then, out there. You know, like yeah, you know, Gorilla Tactical. Because it's so much, it's so so much easier to learn how to use one of those than it is to learn. Uh, how to an make improvised an improvised tourniquet. tourniquet? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, you were telling me about gorilla. No, no, no. I was just saying I, there there are a ton of of resources out there. Like you said, North American Rescue, uh, Gorilla Tactical has a very medical forward uh, yeah. website. I actually um, just just bought a a, a medical a, a bag of of medical supplies. Bag of goodies. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. No. And they're they're you they they sell their GTTK. Uh, their Gorilla Tactical uh, Trauma Kit, and it comes with a whole bunch of goodies. That uh, this isn't sponsored by Gorilla Tactical or anything like that, but um, they're just they're good people, good group. We're not sponsored by a lot of people. Sp- actually, we're not sponsored by way more people than we are sponsored by, which is uh, yeah, not whoobies. Um, <laughs> oh, we'll get into that. Oh boy, yeah, we will. <laughs> This episode is not sponsored by Whoopi's Shoes. I have never been able to wear Whoopi's Shoes. Uh, In 2017, I asked them if they were going to have a wide size run. Uh, You guys may not know this about me, but I wear an 11.5 triple E width. Um, Somewhat difficult to find. 
<laughs> so in 2017, I I asked them, uh, are you going to have a wide size run? They said, we're working on wide sizes. Well, it's 2022. They're still working on it. I've asked them many times. I go to I get served ads for Whoopi's shoes on Facebook and Instagram because the algorithm says, Andrew, these are the shoes for you. They look like Chucks. Uh, they look like fucking all stars or whatever. They look great. This is your style. This is your culture. You know, this is uh, you're like a gun guy or whatever. That's the people that are buying these shoes. Um, these are the shoes for you. So I go on their ads and uh, I harass them there too publicly. I say, "What? Uh, where are the wide size shoes?" And they say, "We're working on it for five years." What is that? Is it five years? So since 2017, yeah, I can do math. You know, I can do math about as well as they can design wide shoes. Um, and I go, I find other people are asking about it too. Other people are commenting, "Hey, where's the wide shoes?" And I go on their comments. I reply to them for everyone to see. I say, "Hey, I want wide shoes too. Don't hold your breath." You know, I don't know how long I'm gonna have to do this before I get a wide size shoe. Uh, I wish I could tell you that these beautiful shoes are comfortable too, but I can't because I don't own one because they don't make them in my size. Um, you know, so that's just uh, add that to the list of people that don't sponsor this podcast. Is she like an Australian Shepherd mix? No, she's a complete mutt. Okay. The DNA test came back like her head looks like an Australian Shepherd. So we know that she's got some lab in her, oh. and there's a small probability that she has uh, Alaskan Malamute in one of her grandparents. Oh wow! That's the most. That's the most. That's like the most the DNA test will tell wow. us. Wow! All right, that's cool. We have a um, a friend who used to have an Australian Shepherd. She lived to be like 16 years old. She we used to call her Bulbous Head because she had like a because she had a big fucking forehead and was adorable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that makes sense. You'd think you'd find a shorter nickname, like one or two syllable. Bull, buzz, yeah. head. I feel, feel like well, three syllables is too much for a nickname. Bulbasaur is a name, not a nickname. Bulbous head was a nickname. Was a name. I mean, what's a name? What's a nickname but a name? It's, a, it's like a, a quick little, a, a jaunty little I, quick I just little think it's different. Name, you know? I don't think it has to be jaunty. Well, agree to disagree. <laughs> and we'll die on this hill together, but separate. Yeah, uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get in a fucking fight with you about it. But <laughs> <laughs> I think it should be jaunty. All right, you know, you can just do whatever the fuck you I, want. I think it's all about delivery. I think if you have a longer nickname, then it it it, it is valid if it's worth it based on, like if it's a good name. Rich, okay. rich nickname for rich is Dick. What the fuck? That's not. That doesn't help at all. <laughs> it's just. I don't think Dick is a nickname. Yes, you for Dick is a nickname for Richard. I know. It's a, like a, it's another name. It's not. What a did nickname. I just say? A nickname. It's okay. So like, you know how like sometimes people named John are called Jack. What? Sorry, I just threw a water bottle. I apologize. Are you here? Yeah, that was, oh my that God. was louder than I <laughs> wanted it to be. Um, <laughs> say that again. Be, you know how like like people named John are sometimes called Jack. That is right? weird to me. That's not. 
that's not a nickname though. That's just like an alternate. So what is the difference name, between you know? and like an alternate name and a nickname? It's not jaunty. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. All right. All right. Okay. All right. So we. All right. So so like William to Bill. You know that's not that is a nickname because it's shorter. It's shorter. It's a short name. It's a short name. Short. What is what is the? You're gonna have to define jaunty and short to me now, side by side. Don't Google it. You made this mess. You're gonna clean it up. Having or expressing a lively, cheerful, and self-confident manner. Jaunty. So jaunty has to be what a happy nickname, lively, cheerful, and self confident. Wow, I didn't know jaunty was a even an. I didn't know it was an adjective. I thought it was a, like I thought it was just a verb. Well, somebody doesn't read Shakespeare. No, no, I do not. <laughs> I don't read nearly enough. I would love to be able to read and say I'm cultured, but I don't, and I'm not. Well. I read. I don't know if I'm cultured. I read. I re- yeah, sure. I read traffic signs. And <laughs> <laughs> do you have a lot of fun? Owner's manuals. Is that, <laughs> <laughs> is that is that fulfilling for you? <laughs> Reading is just a thing I have to do to not die. It's not. It's not a hobby to me. <laughs> Hello, everyone. This is an ad for our Patreon, so if you don't feel like listening to it, feel free to fast forward about a minute. But if not, it helps us out a bunch. On that super cool website that allows us to funnel our desire to make this podcast into a shameless cash grab, you can get a whole bunch of free stuff. We have multiple tiers available with some sweet perks ranging from stickers to discount codes to shirts and a lot of other things that are exclusive only to our Patreon. Your contributions will help us pay for more spiked coffee beverages and will help Andrew and I start a shoe company that will overthrow the Wobby Empire and bring wide shoes to all the land. The link is in our Instagram bio or on patreon.com slash a better way to a. So check it out or don't, but it would be cooler if you did. Anyway, back to the show. Enjoy. So we, we talked a little bit about tourniquets um, and, and, and medical stuff and, and preparedness. And I think that that's super important. Um, the other kind of thing that, that, that really sticks out to me about this, uh, this shooting in Brooklyn is the, uh, uh, all the rhetoric about ghost guns. Hey everyone. In this next part of the conversation, Andrew and I mentioned the terms ghost gun and 80% lower. And we didn't realize until after we were done recording that not everyone may know what those terms mean. So if you do and don't want to hear an explanation, feel free to fast forward about a minute and 15 seconds. But if you don't know what it means, then this next part could help you. So for reference, an 80% lower is an unserialized receiver blank. It's an unfinished firearm that is not operable and cannot be made to operate without additional fabrication. It doesn't come with any of the internals required to make it a firearm. You have to buy those separately. And on top of that, it's essentially a solid block of plastic or metal in the shape of a firearm lower receiver that has to be milled out in order to accept those internal components. As for ghost guns, a ghost gun is a made-up term used by anti-gun organizations in order to instill a particular emotion in the person they are talking to a good example of this would be that when you google the term ghost gun the first two pages that show up are the brady campaign and every town for gun safety much like the term assault weapon people didn't really use that phrase to talk about what we're talking about here unless they had a very specific reason for using it homemade guns have been legal in this country since its inception and before that people just called them homemade guns 
The only real change on that front was an amendment to the Gun Control Act of 1968, which makes it illegal to manufacture a firearm that can pass through a metal detector untraced. This means fully plastic guns are illegal, but nobody really makes those, and the ones people do make require a bunch of metal internal components. We hope this helps. Um, because there, there was the ghost guns has been a, a big thing for Biden, yeah, and his administration before this. Uh, but they're kind of jumping on to this situation, uh, uh, this 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 shooting, and they, they're kind of they're kind of adding the ghost guns, uh, the ghost gun push uh, to it. Why? Because he tried scratching no, off. No, that's the serial exactly right. Yeah. Gun. So, so that's yeah, yeah. That's the <laughs> poorly, if I do add. So, but. so I had heard that 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 Biden or something. And again, you know, I didn't watch the press release, so I don't actually know for sure what Biden said. Nor did uh, I. Uh, nor do I care. But you know, I, I had heard that 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 uh, um, I had heard that, that they were kind of blaming it on on ghost guns. I was like, oh, so the guy must have used a ghost gun, but. As it turns out, they're actually trying to even even beyond this event. It, it looks like they're actually trying to kind of conflate, either because they don't know what they're talking about, or or maybe they're being intentionally dishonest. They're trying to conflate uh, manufa- home homemade guns with guns with destroyed serial numbers. Well, and it wasn't even destroyed. To be to be fair, it he was tried. Like, he tried. It was like it was a, it was like a lottery scratch off ticket. Like he yeah. used a quarter to scratch off the serial yeah. number, and it was he, he, he it didn't work a, at all. Which is hilarious to me. You, you make an attempt to scratch off the serial number, which first of all, why you're committing a mass shooting, you're gonna get caught. It doesn't matter where you got the gun. Well, was it registered to him? Because that's the only reason I could see scratching off the serial number, so it couldn't be traced back to him. But. I, but, I don't know if it was. Did he expect that he wouldn't get caught doing the mass shooting? Well, I don't think he meant to leave his ID and keys to the U-Haul <laughs> at the scene. I, I mean, maybe he did. Maybe he did. Maybe he that was like part of the it, long it, con, he, but I don't. So typically, typically a mass shooter will be like, I'm going to do this shooting and then I'm going to get arrested or I'm going to kill myself or something like that. It, it would really, the ambition required to think you're going to do something like that and then get away with it would be really impressive. Um, but maybe he did. Maybe maybe, maybe he was making an effort to get away, which makes it all the more pathetic. Um, and, you know, maybe... You know, because, like, first of all... There's, um, I mean, the, the Boston Scott- bombers <laughs> thought they were going to get away, and obviously that's not a mass shooter, but, I mean, I don't necessarily yeah. think that... There is a, a an assumption that you are not going to get away just because you plan on killing a bunch of people. But nobody, um, but nobody, nobody wants to get shoot, caught. Nobody, well, mass obviously. shooters don't get away. Like that doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, but I mean, so think just, about... just statistically, right? Yeah, but I would but say anyways, so. it, one of the one of the things that always bugs me about this the the serial numbers and the gun tracing thing is that it's such a fucking boogeyman. Um, gun tracing doesn't really help solve crimes right i mean like no it really just tells people where they got their gun right where the gun was stolen from and if it helps solve a crime it's a secondary crime to the violent crime it's a property crime that they they solve with it um yeah or a straw purchase or something one of the other right and that's just an opportunistic thing there's no tracing the gun does not help with solving the murder no, because the murder's uh, already been done, un- for one. Unless, it doesn't prevent anything. Right. And, uh, you know, the only situation where it might help is if 
somebody kills somebody with a gun that they own and then leaves it at the scene. With a gun they bought and filled out a 4473 for and then leaves it yeah, at the scene of the murder. Of course. Well, and that, that's also that under the <laughs> assumption that – yeah, exactly. That's under yeah. the assumption that legal gun owners are the ones committing these crimes, which right. time and time again and, and statistically is, yeah. is completely inaccurate. Yeah. So the the whole idea of of serial numbers and tracing guns is is so is such a fucking red herring, anyways, which makes it all the more funny that this guy. I don't know if it was his gun or if it was a stolen gun. It doesn't really matter. But the idea that he was gonna scratch off the serial number and that was gonna somehow help him evade the quarter. police after shooting fifteen people. Yeah, thirteen. But yeah, thirteen. Yeah, thirteen people. Sorry, thank you. No, it's okay. So we do have a fact checker. <laughs> a bad <Sure>. one. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it's it's just like laughable. Um, but it, it, it the, the fact that he did that and tried to do that feeds into uh, the Biden administration's narrative. Yeah, that, of course. That I ghost mean, guns with no serial numbers are like the the weapons of choice of of criminals and mass. Even shooters. though this wasn't a ghost gun and had a serial number because he couldn't scratch right. it off. But that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. Besides the fact, we'll just ignore that. Um, yeah, it. You know, and it's it's um, it, there is a problem with quote unquote ghost guns in inner cities and in the proliferation right. of gun crime. There's so qual- I mean, qualify what you mean by by problem. Like what is what is the well, problem? So I mean, problem in the sense that it it is any any kind of accessory used in a crime is a problem, right? Um, it is the minority, but like I think the high statistic that I could find was in, uh, it was in California. Go figure. Um, but it was, to, uh, I'm I'm gonna mess up the county, uh, so I'm not even gonna say it. But it was a county in California where 20 percent of the guns they had recovered post crime, um, in 2020 were ghost guns. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but that but was I, the that was the highest statistic. Twenty percent, twenty percent is a lot. But but and I that believe, was the I highest believe statistic. That that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, of I course. believe they're not lying. But that and was I, the, that could be really scary if you don't if you don't know what a ghost gun is. Of course. But the the important part is context. You know, if yeah. you think if you you know, obviously we we can't agree on what a mass shooting is for one. You you have the FBI yeah. definition of a mass shooting, which is four or more people. Uh, shot within a like a certain time frame or by the same person within a certain time frame, um, because obviously it turns into a serial killer if the time frame is too long. But um, there there are different definitions used by different organizations, and I think uh, there and that and that gives a skewed perspective of how bad gun violence is. There are people yeah, who for sure. there are some of these uh, organizations like um, I think it's Gun Violence Archive or the Bloomberg Institute. Or something like that. Uh, that says that we've had seven hundred and something mass shootings since the beginning of this year. Yeah. And okay, guys. Yeah, and that's it, it's ironic because they'll use all shootings that have had over four victims to clarify to to use in their statistic of mass shootings when the majority of those are gang violence or done right. with stolen firearms, but right. they won't acknowledge that that's the majority of the problem when talking about legislation. Yeah. And <laughs> they'll acknowledge that the majority of these mass viol- mass shootings committed have been done with illegal firearms, but will fail to uh, 
quantify how their laws will stop the proliferation of illegally acquired firearms right. in crimes. And, so, let me, and let me let me also say this. Um, let me just interject here. So we're talking about you know the, these are illegal firearms. Um, you know that in the like in I think in California, you know they're they're using the uh, the the eighty percent kits to get around uh, the state's restrictions on 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 firearms, right? Or, or on on certain kinds of firearms, right? And they're using um, standard capacity magazines, which are banned, and they're limited to like ten rounds or whatever. Um, so, so in, in those places, these guns are illegal, right? Um, but if criminals are going to be getting illegal guns to commit crimes, do we really think that having them go out and steal guns is less dangerous than having them build them at home? Or having them go out of state, buy them out of state, and then come come back across state lines with, you know, standard capacity magazines or like, you know, assault well, weapons. One point or another, whether that gun was bought and, as a straw purchase and then sold, uh, or it, it, it was either bought that way or stolen from someone. Right. And I, yeah, like what, I, I, I know, I kind of think I know where you're going with this, that it, is somebody committing a possibly violent act to steal a gun from somebody else worse or better than somebody making their own firearm yeah. at home without a serial number. I think it's way worse. I, I agree. I, I absolutely. Because, because it, I mean, you know, well, it, one's you, a consensual you, act. One, consensual. Uh, is that the word I'm looking for? I guess. One uh, is, I'm not sure. Keep going. Uh, <laughs> we're going to go you. with it. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> one is done by the person who wants the gun for one. Right. Right. And, yes. And, and the other one is done by, uh, yeah. done to the person who, who owns the gun. Yeah. Um, and you know, I've never had a gun stolen from me, but I, I can tell you that it probably wouldn't be a pleasant experience if it, if I have, it happened. And I don't like it. Really? Yeah. I wish I, I can tell you, honestly, I wish it had not been stolen from me. Yeah. I, that's a fair, <laughs> I, a I bad, without bad, having it done to me, I could feeling. probably assume that. I think about it all the time. I don't know where that gun is. I don't know if I ever will. I hope nobody's been murdered with it. I hope the guy who stole it shoots his dick off because it had a trigger job. <laughs> do you think the guy, <laughs> do you think the cops would tell you if your gun that was stolen was used in a murder? Yes. Uh, well, they would tell me if they recovered it. If it uh, had the serial number oh, on yeah, and they recovered it, they would know. tell me. If not, it would. They would just if they, if the serial number had been ground off and it became a ghost gun, they just destroy it uh, or keep it in evidence. Yeah, which is just just as well. You know, I'd rather that than it be in circulation. Um, yeah, but I think again, that's you know that's that's the the whole gun tracing thing is such horseshit because it's like you know like if that gun shows up somewhere and they can't trace it, like what's the fucking like what Where difference do we does go that from make here? to anybody? You know, I mean, that the, wor the worst case, if they can't trace it, means I don't get it back in whatever yeah. shitty condition it, yeah. it's in. Well, and, you know, if, if a ghost gun shows up at a crime scene and they can't trace it, what's it matter? Somebody somebody made that on their own. You can't figure out if it was stolen or if they made it themselves. It doesn't matter. You just keep it in evidence. You destroy it. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. And and. <laughs> 
I think the important thing, and I, I think the conversation that is lost on a lot of the anti-gun community is uh, what is more important, the, the rights that you lose or the safety that you gain from passing a law. Uh, yeah. And th- this this all comes down to priorities. I mean, if you talk to someone, I hate, uh, you know, if you quote the Constitution in an argument, you've already started off wrong, because yeah, <laughs> that's I kind of take I kind of take Spooner's view on it. It's just like, you know, the either it has uh, allowed the abuses that we see from our government, or um, has done nothing to stop it, or is is is, is powerless to stop it. Uh, and in either case, it it's kind of you know, bleh. Yeah, bleh. yeah. Uh, to be to eloquently put it um and like likewise i would think that um that would be the same as using the bible as an argument it's it's a yeah. book that is used as a trump card um for all other arguments when uh regardless of whether you think the constitution is a living document or yeah um permanent it it you still have those rights. You like, still have those rights. And there's, there's, I mean, I don't think that a piece of paper gives you the right to protect your family from yeah, uh, imminent exactly. danger. That and, and for you to rely on a piece of paper to uh, guarantee you those rights is, yeah. is a crutch. And, and there, likewise, I don't think you should use that as an argument to justify your beliefs. No, because um, because if, if, if the Second Amendment is like struck from the Constitution in a, in a favorable government, then it's like you've been you've been arguing from the Second Amendment this whole time. Where's your and, argument now? And now what's your argument? Yeah. Exactly. I believe that self-defense is a natural right and springing forth from that right is the right to access uh, the tools you need to do that, to accomplish that goal. Absolutely. Um, well, and, that's, you know, and that's, that's a human right. I mean, if you think about right. it, you, you have – It's if a you natural value, human right. Absolutely. If you value agency, if you value, you know, for this, this should automatically go. If, if you are pro-choice, you should be pro-gun because yeah. logically, because you value agency, you value agency over your life, over your body um, and, and this, the decisions that you choose to make. And I, I think that's one of those things. That's one of the arguments. I mean, because there are tons of people, there are tons of left-leaning people who support gun rights now. Uh, who are also pro-choice, but there are tons of people in in the liberal political sphere who would say that they are pro-choice but are not pro-gun. And yeah, um, likewise, there are plenty of pro-gun people who also have a disconnect when it comes to yeah. women's rights. Uh, the women's and rights. It's just issues. not consistent. No, know? and and it's unfortunate because if if you believe in agency for a person, especially you know a lot of these uh, self-professed uh conservatives who who want the government out of their business um are vehement gun rights supporters but but will say that the government needs to intervene when when a woman decides to have an abortion and that's that's the problem is that i just think there are intellectual inconsistencies that people have to really analyze in order to figure out where they stand on their own uh topics that they say they support because yeah absolutely uh, like, like we've talked about in, in the past you know you you have gun owners who will you have gun owners who defended trump's decision to ban bump stocks because 
they said, yeah. you know, we don't need bump stocks. We don't, you know, yeah. or, or, or my favorite argument, we're playing chess, not checkers. It's, yeah. it's a long game, not the short game. 40 chess. Uh, yeah, 40 you know, chess. I, I had a guy come on my profile. He's like, you know, uh, I'm pro-gun, but, you know, I don't need a suppressor. This was this was when there was, like, some talk about banning suppressors after the uh, Virginia Beach shooting. Um, I think it was Virginia Beach. But, you know, so some guy some guy shot up his workplace and he I think he had like a suppressor on his on his handgun. Yeah. Um, and there was like just the mildest of rumblings about may, maybe restricting suppressors a little bit more. And this guy was just like, he, he's just, it's like dropping a fucking hot, hot potato. He was like, no, nah, I don't need suppressors. I'm like, where like. Like, what do you believe? You yeah. Know? Like, well, what? that's the that's that's exactly it. I mean, if you if if you start a sentence, and this is one of those things that I'm sure everyone's heard before. If you start a sentence with "I I believe in gun rights," but but then then you don't but. believe in gun rights because that's like saying I believe in free speech, but I believe in women's rights, but uh, you know that's I believe in the Fourteenth Amendment, a place. but yeah, exactly you know? that, and and that's you you have to listen there's a lot of nuance with everything everything has nuance there's but, that word again yeah but there there is a limit to it i would say like for example with gun rights you know uh nuance f- for me would be that if while you are allowed to own whatever gun you want uh, you should you should not you should make the decision for yourself to not own a gun you are not capable of handling. Yeah. Not to say that because you know because you're allowed to own it, but just like you shouldn't drive a 500 horsepower uh, vehicle that yeah. you just bought and you don't know how to drive, you shouldn't buy a, a, a Desert Eagle for your first gun just because you're able to. I think yeah. you should be but, allowed to. Yeah. Sure. But that's but that's nuance. I mean, like regardless, you know, that's I I feel like that's something because there are people there are people that will argue, yeah, well, I should be able to own whatever the hell I want. I should be able to open carry an AR. You should be able to. Doesn't mean you should do it. Doesn't mean you should absolutely. And uh, I I agree, it should absolutely be legal, but it doesn't mean you should do it. And um, that that is one of those things that I think is is lost on people. nuance and, and and just because you don't want to own a bump stock doesn't mean that other people shouldn't be allowed yeah. to and just because <clears throat> just because you don't see yourself building you know building 80% guns at home doesn't mean that that other people shouldn't have access to that yeah and, you know? and the alternative of that is we're not allowed to own 80% guns uh it, it, the alternative to that is that we're not allowed to own 80% lowers, but the people who are still using them illegally and still using firearms illegally right. will still be able to get them. Yeah. And we'll still be not even 80% lowers. It's not like gun crime started when 80% lowers began. Uh, right. <laughs> it's 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 a uh, uh it's it's just a thing that it's that just may or may not line. have added to it. It's yeah, exactly. Yeah. The bottom line is that it's getting easier uh you know gun gun parts are are becoming a little more there there's a lot of standardization um there's like there's like different kinds of like glocks now right like you know and and tools are cheaper well before this the just supply in, chain there's more than one kind of glock yeah <laughs> no there's like you know <laughs> you, you get 
the uh you know there's there's like people making like boutique uh, yes. uh yes. Glock, glocks that that are like part there's part compatibility with like gen 3 glocks you know um and and that's part of what that's that's that was like driven by the proliferation of the 80% lowers and so you know at least before the supply chain issues and the and inflation and all this other shit um you know glock parts were getting pretty cheap and getting pretty accessible and it was getting pretty um financially like reasonable to instead of make going out own. and buying a block a glock to just make your own yeah especially Buy if you had and put everything together yeah especially if you had particular tastes for for you know certain aesthetics or or you know you wanted like a gucci slide or whatever um and uh, I, I think that that's, that's super important, making that kind of thing accessible. You know, manufacturing guns has been a, an American tradition for a long time. You've never had to get a, a, a permit or a license to just make a gun for yourself. Um, as long as you never intended to sell it. Right, exactly. And that's 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 been that's been a tradition here. And that's been that's been legally protected for a very long time. And that that was the basis for for why eighty percent lowers were a thing, um, and I think that cutting off access to that, uh, I I think, really harms uh you know it it harms a certain class of people more than it harms others right, um, you know I I I think that. Uh, <sighs> I think, and and I I get this this sense. It's like, you know, people are talking about like ghost guns showing up at crime scenes, you know, at like gang shootouts. And anytime yeah. anybody's focusing on like gang stuff, uh, you know, and like gang crime, I I always get the sense that what they're really just talking about is like black people. Yeah. Um, well, there's like I mean, a that's been like like the code word for decades. Right. Of, you know what we want we want to prevent gang violence well right it also <laughs> happens to affect the majority of yeah. people of color who live in this one particular neighborhood right. the legislation that you're trying to pass by and it's, that's, it's that's not coincidence that I, yeah and it's not that i believe it's not that i don't believe that these guns are showing up at crime scenes it's just that i don't i don't think one that that's really what people are worried about when they talk about gang violence and two I don't think that the solutions that they're proposing are gonna are gonna hurt gang gang members trying to get guns as much as they hurt people trying to put together custom guns on a budget. Well, and that's uh, that's one hundred percent it. It's honestly not even it, it's a it's a classist law, not not necessarily just a racist one. It, yeah, it's, for sure, it's completely classist because if you think about it, there are people. Um, you know, we're working on right now trying to become a nonprofit because we 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 would love to sponsor people getting their permit and 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 first pistols yeah. and things like that. Yes. And obviously, we're trying to explore the legality with all that stuff. But um, it is it is a financial hardship for the for a large percentage of Americans to purchase a firearm and in yeah. a state where you're required to have a permit to do so to take the class and to get the permit to do that for sure um so for many of these people who are trying to build a gun on a budget like you said yeah um buying pieces 
little by little and putting a gun together is much more manageable because things happen. You know, you've got a savings account. Say you've, you're putting five, 10 bucks a week in or something right. like that because you want to buy a Glock 19 and then something happens. Your cell phone bill is a little higher that month or, or your electric yeah. bill was a little higher that month. Shit happens, you know, before you know it, you've been saving for the same gun for a year and a half and, and you're never, yeah. you never seem to be any closer. So for you to be able to buy a lower for $80, $90, $100, for you to be yeah. able to buy a, a, a slide for $120 and we're not talking like it, it's, it's, there's, there's a, a wide price range for a lot of these materials. Yeah. Um, but, but you, you, if you could you space be, it out. Yeah, absolutely. And you shouldn't yeah. be any less able to do so because you're not able to buy one all at once yeah um and i and i think that's that one of the big (laughs) i i don't know if anyone's listening to this who lives in connecticut but one of the big issues that we just dealt with was um governor lamont came out with this overarching uh gun control plan and one of the big shifts that I noticed uh, from the last time we testified against uh, gun control to now is the the uh, large influx of people of color coming to testify against these gun bills. And nice. this particular gun bill was especially heinous because they uh, in specifically in the bill, their aim was to ban guns on all public transport. So, Buses, ferries, trains. Holy uh, shit. Yeah. Like that was Who do you think they had in mind? That was explicitly written <laughs> in the bill, Andrew. Yeah. And I I honestly I don't know if they were claiming culpable deniability or just ignorance or or whatever, but the amount of people, the amount of people of color, like because normally what it is is it's it's someone like me. It's a white dude with fucking privilege who's who's never experienced uh specific things that I'm advocating for in my life. I've, I've dude, I've never ridden a city bus, but yeah, yeah. I'm going to advocate. I'm going to say in my argument that it's, that it's fucking classist as hell because you're restricting people who ride the buses, right. To protect themselves. Right. We had people who showed up and, and testified against this bill. Um, for the first time I've seen since I, I was, do, I've been, I don't know, testifying against this stuff for like two years before COVID. So it's been what, four years now. But this is yeah. the first time we started really going back to it. Um, for the first time since I started doing this, we had people who whose life experiences related to this bill. There were people who were saying, you know, I ride the bus. Why aren't I allowed to carry a gun for protection on the bus? Why yeah. Why is it only applicable to me because I choose to ride the bus and yeah. not applicable to my coworker who's able to afford a car to drive to work? So essentially yeah. what you're saying is if you want the right to protect yourself, go out and buy a car. And that's Hell that yes. is incredibly yeah. classist, and it 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 is it's just as applicable to eighty percent lowers because what you're saying is if you can't afford and this is if you can't afford uh, a factory gun all at once, then, then you, you don't, don't have get to own the right guns. to own a gun. And, yeah. and 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 I do think for a lot of politicians and a lot of well to doers, um, that that this isn't in, uh, this isn't like a result that they thought of because um yeah I'll, I, I'll give people the benefit of, of the doubt that that they didn't they didn't mean to like target this class of people right yeah of course but they like just didn't, you can they didn't think about it because they don't care it well because it's not their priority they're pro- right. and i i think it's probably like the more 
I don't want to say respectful, but is the more appropriate way to look at it. It's like they, yeah, it's it's you. I'm sure you can ask somebody who supports the bill, uh, who will say that they care about people of color, but didn't realize that this would affect them in this particular way. Yeah, or or um, you know, like or the Connecticut bill specifically, people who ride the bus, uh. Yeah, that this was an unintended consequence, but I but I guarantee you there are also people who are like, yeah, well, you know, the juice is worth the squeeze, and yeah, it it it's it's a shame, but that is the uh, that is the situation that we're living in right now, and I think the best way to go about it is to to approach these people with the best possible intent uh, assumed, because you would expect the same for you, and yeah, uh, go about that and and. A way well, that you'd a, what? There's a there's a a phrase uh, or like a like an axiom. Uh, uh, Hanlon's razor. Is it Hanlon's razor? Uh, I'm gonna look it up right now because it's actually but it's, it's it's I I, th- I think you know what I'm talking about. It's uh, never never attribute to malice what could be attributed to stupidity. That's exactly right. Yes, that is Hanlon's razor. Yeah, uh, never uh, attribute to malice that which is adequately explained by stupidity, and that is. Yeah. It is essentially give the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Um, it's, it's like, I, like, I believe that you're trying to do the right thing, but you're stupid and you need well, to Well, think about it. If you approach every argument like that, regardless of whether or not you truly believe it, yeah. how much better is your experience going to be talking to that person? Yeah, that's Coming true. into it with an open mind instead of automatically yeah. assuming that they're out to get you. Yeah, absolutely. And that goes for anything, not just guns. That goes for, you know, your, your shitty racist dad. Or, you know, your uh, your your sister who uh, who's homophobic. I mean, literally anything. I mean, that's um, not speaking from experience. My my family's great, but uh, yeah, um, <laughs> that seemed oddly specific. I just wanted to there. clarify that. But um, yeah, that you know, going into I mean, things like there's that, definitely limits to that. But I, I think in of general, course, that's, of that's course, absolutely true. But I think yeah, even yeah. if you are convinced that somebody is an asshole, going into it pretending like they have the best intent yeah that's a good point helps you come out of it healthier also and helps you uh for sure create a more factual argument that's less ad hominem and less uh personal i think yeah man but well it's been real um yeah dude this was like you know for for anybody uh who hasn't caught on at home uh or or in your car or wherever you're listening to this uh it's like like Jordan said, it's the the middle of the fucking night. Uh, so you're welcome. We did this for you. <laughs> well, we did this so we can hear ourselves talk. Let's be yeah, <laughs> that also. You mean another middle aged white couple who decided to put their voices out on the interwebs? Never heard of that. I'm before. so glad that you called us a couple. Oh, you know, I'm not going to clarify that at all. I'm just going to let no. people think what they just want. Let, just let the let the imaginations it. run wild. Yeah, just feel nice and cozy in that thought. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, right. Well, I guess since we don't have a guest, we have to uh, come up with a piece of life advice. Yeah, what's what ourselves. Uh, um, you did the last one. So I'll do I came up with the last one. shitty piece of life advice. It was not shitty. It's very important. I'm we arrived sure I... at the true advice after a short discussion. Yes, uh, after some clarification. Yeah. Um, buy once, cry once. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. 
you know whether th- this is this is important for you know if you're looking for for gear or uh shoes or you know don't don't be afraid to invest in a in a product that will last a long time um without getting too specific um i really feel like you know if you if you're always buying something if you're buying something that costs like 10 bucks but you've got to replace it every month when you could buy something uh for like 100 bucks but it's going to last you for like half your life you know what's the better deal right yeah i i don't know if there's anybody out there who works on their own cars or motorcycles or or whatever but for the longest time i bought uh harbor freight tools and uh Ooh, buddy had some um listen hit or miss man i will tell you the the highs are high and the lows are low <laughs> <They're> like rolling <laughs> the dice oh man when you have a uh, when you have a set of harbor freight uh torques Torx bits that that last you longer than a year. You're like, oh, buddy, I'm gonna play like, the lottery. But you, <laughs> yeah, I got you whip lucky. out that 10 millimeter, and the first time you turn it, it turns in a full circle without turning the bolt. <laughs> That's a whole different story. Um, <laughs> but I I splurged. I worked for a shop for two years, and I bought a set of snap on wrenches. Snap on. Uh, yeah, set a uh, set a set a closed. Um, on one end and open end on the other wrenches. And uh, I will say that I don't think for somebody who's working on their car in their spare time, that snap on is worth the money. Uh, Especially when you can go to Lowe's or Home Depot and get something with a lifetime warranty for much cheaper. But I will say that there is nothing quite like owning a tool that you know will never fail you. Yeah. Uh, That's true. There's nothing like being balls deep in, an oil change or uh, the replacement of a front wheel bearing. Uh, when please, need... please interpret that as literally as possible. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot that most change. people don't use that term. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, and and stripping a stripping a bolt. Um, whereas using tools, like Andrew said, that you bought once and cried for a long time, but were sure they were going to work well. Yeah. Uh, to remove said bolt and knowing that that bolt will remove perfectly fine and the bolt uh, will come out and the tool will survive. Yes. Uh, every time, pretty much every time I don't, I've never, I've strap on, uh, strap on, strap on, <laughs> strap on tools. <laughs> we're talking about balls deep nowhere and strap on. I have yeah. snap on tools from the eighties. Um, yeah. yeah and, dude. Oh, and that's, a, that's another thing. I'm going to qualify my buy once, cry once advice. You know, we're talking about buying quality tools and not being afraid uh, to shell out for them or, or being willing to save up for them. Also, if you can find if you're not, if you're not worried about uh, if, if it doesn't bother you that not buying brand new tools, it's also OK to hunt for older tools that, you know, are of high quality uh, and find a deal. Like said, snap on tools. If you can find snap on yeah. tools at a yard sale, scoop every single one of them up. Even if yep. you don't know what it's for, you'll find yep. out when you go on eBay and look it up and find out that it's worth a ton of money. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, We've that's got, a pretty good. Yeah. That's yeah. a good. Uh, I think that's a good tip. Um, I think these tips end up being longer than we when than we think, but they're well, it's uh, it's a, a lot it's of good a, it's information. A quick, it's a quick little tip, but then but then there's some some context, you know, exactly. I think that's good. Um, and this is the last 
tip that we are going to come up with ourselves from now on. I think we're asking our guests. Knock on wood. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what kind of tips they want to give to you guys. And uh, hopefully they're better than ours. But uh, if we do another episode it. with just us, then you're definitely getting more of this. So uh, buckle up. Yeah. That's another good life advice. Buckle up. Buckle up. Yep. You got two, you got a bonus one you got a on twofer. this episode. You got a twofer. All right. Well, that's All right. uh this is good. This is a good Peace time. Out, Girl Scouts.